Now, we move on to the early resistance offered by the Hindus, the local population. And for this, Sachin Madgeji has studied and compiled information on 50 forts of Goa. Now, not many in Goa may be, may be knowing that there are 50 forts. I myself might have visited just a couple of them. He has written and published extensively on the social and political influence of the Hindavi Swarajya undertaken by Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj in Goa. In 2017, he wrote a book called Shiva Gomantak Gatha about Shivaji Maharaj's relationship with Goa. Portuguese, many Spain, he Europe don't rush to Janna, Dharma Yutachi Parvoti Parampara Islam and Christian, Ya Dharma Yuga, Yudacha, Matthew Yugati, Atanta Amanush and Ipur, Ya Yudachi, he Parampara Labili, he don't rush. Yamula, Portuguese, Servo Shasan and Yavara, Dharmic Katarta, he Roma Roma Binlioti. Asha Portuguese and the Goet San Pandrashe Dhamade, Raja Suruda, Suruati Chakala, Portuguese Daria Virda Viranta, Pencha Shasan Avarik Dabdabauta, and if Puril Tudaskala, Portuguese and Chas Servo Shasan Vostever, Katar Dharmic Popsa. Anitencha Portuguese Rajata, Prabhavana. Tata Parina Masa Goyat Zala, Ki, Jigoyat, Kiva Anjaga, Kutei, Portuguese Ansa Jita Raja Sail, Ite, Portuguese Ansa Roman Catholic Dharma, Anitajit Parampara Palne, Hat Paila, Niam Anikaida Zala, Portuguese Anni, J. Daman Chakra, Atenta Bhankar. धार्मिक सूड व्यवस्थेत जेत चक्र चालवल या क्रूरतेला जगा मदे कुटे ही तोड नाई गोवेचा शेजरचा अधिल शाही राज्य होता परंतु अधिल शाहला गोवेतील जनतेची वरतील धार्मिक अत्याचार किवा पोर्तुगिजांचा राजकीय महत्वा कांग्षे पोर्तुगीजांच्या अत्याचाराची धार्मिक अत्याचाराची जवळजवळ 1.5 शतकांची मोठी काळ रात्र पोर्तुगोव्यातील लोकांनी सहन केली या 1.5 शतकानंतर म्हणजे 17 व्या शतकाच्या मध्यावर एक या सह्याद्रीच्या शिखरांवर एक अंधुक एक पहिला उजेड दिसला आणि ह्या उजेडाची पुढे फार मोठी ज्वाला निर्माण झाली या ज्वालेचं नाव होतं छत्रपति शिवाजी महाराज याच ज्वाले दी पुढे फार मोठी क्रांती केली भारतीय समाज व्यवस्थेमध्ये आणि राजकीय व्यवस्थेमध्ये फार मोठे बदल झाले शिवाजी महाराजांचं राज्य जेव्हा कोकणात सुरू झालं म्हणजे शिवाजी महाराजांनी कल्याण भिवंडे हा प्रांत जिंकून घेतला त्यावेळेस शिवाजी महाराजांनी समुद्र पाहिला असेल किंवा त्याच्याही अगोदर पाहिला असेल परंतु सन 1657 मध्ये आपलं स्वतःचं नौदल नेव्ही उभं करण्याचं एक स्वप्न बघितलं 17 व्या शतकात एकाही भारतीयाचं समासामर्थ्यवान नौदल नव्हतं 16 व्या शतकात आणि 17 व्या शतकात संपूर्ण जगाच्या समुद्राचे बादशाह म्हणवणारे पोर्तुगीज आणि त्यांची राजधानी होती गोवा आणि यास आपल्या सिंधू सागरात कि जलाता अपन अरबियन सी मंतो 
इथे किंवा अख्ख्या जगभर कुठेही पोर्तुगीजांचा परवाना म्हणजे कारताजाशिवाय कुणीही व्यापार करू व्यापारासाठी फिरू शकत नव्हतं किंवा कुठल्या धार्मिक यात्रेसाठी सुद्धा जहाजातनं किंवा नौदलातनं समुद्रात फिरू शकत नव्हतं अशा वेळेस एका छोट्या राजाने आपलं स्वतःचं नौदल उभं करायचं स्वप्न बघितलं एक मोठी अचंबित करणारी गोष्ट होती शिवाजी महाराजांना त्यावेळेस कळालं की पोर्तुगीज कारागीर फार उत्तम नौदल बांधतात आणि त्यातला लुई लाईता ऑफ फेर्राव याला शिवाजी महाराजांनी नौदल बांधायचं काम कल्याण भिवंडी आणि पेन इथं दिलं ही बातमी लगेच पोर्तुगल गव्हर्नरला कळाली पोर्तुगीज गव्हर्नरनी गोव्यात एक मोठी सभा बोलवली म्हणजे त्यांची जे सल्लागार मंडळांची सभा बोलवली आणि त्यांना तिथं सगळा तो जो काही निर्णय झाला त्याचे सगळे आपल्याकडे वृत्तांत उपलब्ध आहे त्या वृत्तांतात येतात की जो शिवाजी शहाजीचा बंडखोर मुलगा शिवाजी हा कल्याण भिवंडी इथं जे काही नौदल उभारतोय त्याचा आज ना उद्या आपल्या विरुद्धच तो वापर होईल आत्ता शिवाजी महाराज म्हणतायत की तुम्ही सिद्धीविरुद्ध मी वापरणार आहे परंतु काही काळानंतर ते लगेच आपल्या विरुद्ध वापरला गेला त्यासाठी त्या लुई लयताव फेर्रावला लवकरात लवकर निरोप पाठवा आणि त्याला तिथनं आपली माणसं घेऊन माघारी बोलवा तशा प्रकारे पोर्तुगीज गोव्यातनं पोर्तुगीज गव्हर्नरनी व्यवस्था केली आणि लुई लयताव फेर्राव जो शिवाजी महाराजांसाठी जो नौदल बांधणार होता त्याच्यापर्यंत हा निरोप पोचला आणि लुई लयताव फेर्रावनी जे शिवाजी महाराजांचं एक प्रकारे कंत्राट मिळालेलं होतं त्याला नौदल बांधायचं परंतु आपला राजा आणि आपल्या देशाचा त्याने हित पाहून आपल्या त्या कंत्राटावर पाणी सोडलं आणि रातोरात आपले दोनशे लोक जे कारागीर होते त्यांच्यासह पलायन करून तो मुंबईला कारण त्यावेळेस पोर्तुगीजांचा जो भाग होता कल्याण ठाणे हा पोर्तुगीजांच्या ताब्यात होता तिकडं पलायन केलं परंतु शिवाजी महाराजांनी स्थानिक भंडारी खारवी या लोकांचं हे सर्व नौदल उभं केलं आणि हे नौदल लवकरच या अरबी समुद्रात संचार करू लागले एक नौदल हे इथल्या स्थानिक लोकांनी उभं केलं होतं इथल्या कोकणपट्टीवरच्या लोकांनी या कोकणपट्टीच्या लोकांना त्यावेळेस कोणीही वाली नव्हता त्यांना एक राजा एक वाली मिळाला या नौदलाने जो पराक्रम केला तो पोर्तुगीज डच इंग्रज या सर्वांनी त्या नौदलाचं पुढे कौतुक केलं अशा तऱ्हेने शिवाजी महाराजांचं पुढे सन सोळाशे त्रेसष्टमध्ये कोकणातील दक्षिण कोकणात म्हणजे प्रांत कुडाळमध्ये त्यांचं राज्य सुरू झालं हा भाग शिवाजी महाराजांनी आदिलशहाकडनं जिंकून घेतला त्यावेळेस प्रांत कुडाळचे म्हणजे आजच्या गोव्याचे पेडणे डिचोली सत्तरी हा महाल हे प्रांत कुडाळचे भाग होते या भागात शिवाजी महाराजांचं राज्य सुरू झालं शिवाजी महाराजांचे कायदे सुरू झाले शिवाजी महाराजांचे कायदे हे सर्व सामान्य शेतकऱ्यांसाठी फार चांगले होते परंतु इथल्या परंपरक वतनदारांसाठी मात्र हे कायदे अत्यंत त्यांच्यासाठी त्रासदायक होते कारण पूर्वीच्या बादशहांच्या काळात ह्या पारंपरिक वतनदारांना अमर्याद अधिकार होते शे इथले जे वतनदार जे दे, त्यांना देसाई हे पद होतं नाव होतं या पदाला त्यांना की इथल्या महालांमधले जे काही शेत शेतीचं उत्पन्न होतं त्याचा जो महसूल होता व्यापाऱ्यांचं महसूल होता जकातीचा जो महसूल होता त्याचा अमर्याद त्यांना तो वसुलीचा अधिकार होता बादशाला जो काही ठरवलेला आहे तो त्याच्यापर्यंत पोचवला की झाले आणि किती वसूल केलं याविषयी त्या बा बादशाहाचं या देसाईंवर नियंत्रण नसेल हे शिवाजी महाराजांनी नियंत्रण आणल्यामुळं 
सर्वसामान्य शेतकऱ्यांना कारागिरांना व्यापाऱ्यांना फायदा झाला परंतु वतनदारांना मात्र त्रास व्हायला लागला आणि ह्या वतनदारांनी शिवाजी महाराजांविरुद्ध बंड करत पोर्तुगीजांच्या आश्रयाला बार्देशमध्ये येऊन राहायला सुरुवात केली आणि तिथून बार्देशमध्ये राहून पोर्तुगीजांच्या आश्रयाने पोर्तुगीजांच्या मदतीने शिवाजी महाराजांच्या राज्यात म्हणजे पेडणे डिचोली सत्तरी कुडाळच्या ह्या भागामध्ये जाऊन तिथं नाचधूस करणं तिथं उपद्रव करणं सुरू केलं त्यावेळेस शिवाजी महाराजांनी आपल्याला अनुकूल अशा देसाईंची तिथं नेमणूक सुरू केली आणि याच वेळेस त्यावेळेसचा पोर्तुगीज गव्हर्नर कोंदी सावेन्सेंती याने एक हुकुम काढला हुकुम असा होता की बार्देश महाला किंवा बार्देश तालुक्यात जे काही हिंदू शिल्लक राहिलेले आहेत त्यांनी दोन महिन्याच्या आत धर्मांतर तरी करायचं किंवा गोव्याच्या बाहेर निघून जायचं ह्या दोन्ही कारणासाठी म्हणजे त्या देसायांना धडा शिकवण्यासाठी आणि पोर्तुगीजांच्या या धार्मिक वटहुकुमालाही उत्तर देण्यासाठी शिवाजी महाराजांनी एकोणीस नोव्हेंबर सन सोळाशे त्रेसष्ट रोजी पोर्तुगीजांवर बार्देशवर स्वारी केली शिवाजी महाराजांचं जेव्हा सैन्य को बार्देशमध्ये कोलवाळच्या किल्ल्यामध्ये आलं त्यावेळेस पोर्तुगीजांचं सैन्य तिथनं पळून गेलं आगवाद रेईश मागूसच्या आश्रयाला गेलं जे आश्रयाला देसाई आले होते ते सुद्धा आगवाद रेईश मागूसला पळून गेलेले होते शिवाजी महाराजांच्या सैन्याने दोन दिवस पूर्ण बार्देशमध्ये पोर्तुगीजांची लूट केली अनेक कैदी पण पकडले आणि त्यावेळेस शिवाजी महाराजांच्या सैन्याला पोर्तुगीज सैनिकांनी किंवा पोर्तुगीज लष्करांनी उत्तर दिलं नाही परंतु पोर्तुगीज जे धार्मिक पादरी होते किंवा ते धर्मनिष्ठ सैनिक होते त्यांनी मात्र पोर्तुगीजां शिवाजी महाराजांच्या सैन्याबरोबर लढाई केली किंवा त्यांच्यावर गोळीबार केला त्याला प्रत्युत्तर देत शिवाजी महाराजांच्या सैन्याने कोलवाळ इथे या चार पादऱ्यांनाही कंठस्नान घातलं शिवाजी महाराजांनी पोर्तुगीजांवर केलेली बार्देशवारी एक प्रकारे पोर्तुगीजांच्या धार्मिक आणि राजकीय महत्वाकांक्षांना दिलेलं एक जबरदस्त पहिलं भारतीय राजांनी दिलेलं उत्तर आहे अशा प्रकारचं उत्तर ह्याच्या अगोदर पोर्तुगीजांच्या इतिहासात असं कुणीही पोर्तुगीजांना दिलेलं नव्हतं किंवा असा जबाब असं लढाईसाठी उभं राहणारा धार्मिक आणि राजकीय कारणासाठी शिवाजी महाराज हा पहिला राजा आणि पुढे शिवाजी महाराज त्या बार्देशच्या स्वारीनंतर डिचोली इथं गेले तिथं पोर्तुगीज आणि शिवाजी महाराजांचा तह झाला आणि यावेळेस जो इंग्रजांचा पोर्तुग गोव्यातला वकील होता त्याने जे काही अहवाल आपल्या मुंबईच्या कार्यालयाला पाठवलेले आहेत ते पण फार महत्वाचे गोवा ते सुरत असे त्यातले त्या अहवाल आहेत त्यातले फार महत्वाचे आहे की शिवाजी महाराजांनी कोणत्या कारणासाठी हे स्वारी केली त्याच्यामधलं इंग्रज प्रतिनिधींनी जे दिलेलं आहे की शिवाजी महाराजांनी गोव्यातील आणि बार्देशच्या वर पोर्तुगीजांचा जो हिंदूंविरुद्ध जो हुकूम होता त्या कारणासाठी सुद्धा शिवाजी महाराजांनी पोर्तुगीजांवर स्वारी केली आणि त्यावेळेस शिवाजी महाराजांना पोर्तुगीजांनी नक्की इथं काय केलंय याचा पूर्णपणे अंदाज आला असावा आणि त्यासाठी पुढं काय नक्की करायचंय याच लगेच त्यांनी शिवाजी महाराजांनी योजना सुरू केली पोर्तुगीजांना गोव्यातनं कायमचं हकलून देणं हे कित्यंत गरजेचं आहे शिवाजी महाराजांना वाटू लागलं त्यासाठी शिवाजी महाराजांनी आपल्या गुप्तहेर सैनिकांना कामाला लावलं शिवाजी महाराजांचे गुप्तहेर सैनिक त्यावेळी वेश बदलून म्हणजे त्यावेळेच्या जुन्या गोव्यात वावरू लागले आणि शिवाजी महाराज त्यावेळी राजगडावर गेले आणि बरोबर एक वर्षानंतर परत नोव्हेंबरच्या सुरुवातीला शिवाजी महाराज रायगडावरनं गोव्याला निघाले 
त्यावेळेस वाटेत वेंगुर्ले येथे असताना शिवाजी महाराजांना एक बातमी कळाली की शिवाजी महाराजांनी जी योजना केली होती गुप्तहेर सैनिकांची ती काही चुकीमुळं किंवा काही कारणामुळं ही फसली आणि शिवाजी महाराजांचे जे गुप्तहेर सैनिक जे गोल्ड गोव्यात शिरलेले होते ते पोर्तुगीज गव्हर्नरनी ते पकडले आणि त्यांना ओल्ड गोव्यातनं बाहेर हाकलून दिलं अशा वेळेस शिवाजी महाराज वेंगुर्ल्यावरनं परत गेले नाही ते परत डिचोलीला आले त्यांनी अजून एक फार मोठी योजना अगोदरच तयार करून ठेवलेली होती ती म्हणजे श्री सप्तकोटेश्वराचा पुनर्निर्माण हा सप्तकोटेश्वर हा गोव्यातील कदंब राजांचं हे कुलदैवत म्हणजेच गोव्याचं कुलदैवत याचा परत पुनर्निर्माण शिवाजी महाराजांनी सुरू केलं त्यामुळं तिथल्या दैवतांना एक राजाश्रय देणारा राजा मिळाला ही लोकभावना त्यावेळेस नक्कीच तयार झालेली असते त्यावेळेस शिवाजी महाराजांनी जे जे काही निर्णय घेतले काही कृती केली त्याला वेगवेगळ्या आपल्या साधनांमधनं त्याचं पुरावे मिळतात त्यावेळेचे डच रेकॉर्ड किंवा इंग्रजांची रेकॉर्ड आणि इतर ही शिवाजी महाराजांची अत्यंत प्रबळ इच्छा आहे की गोव्यातून पोर्तुगीजांना कायमचं हकलून द्यायचं आणि आज ना उद्या शिवाजी महाराज यातनं यशस्वी होतील असे अनेक परदेशीय युरोपियन वृत्तांतामध्ये त्याचा प्रत्यय येतो शिवाजी महाराजांची इच्छा खूप होती परंतु शिवाजी महाराजांचं कार्य अफाट होतं त्यांना अनेक वेगवेगळी मुघल आदिलशाह सिद्धी अशा अनेक शत्रूंबरोबर एकाच वेळेस लढायचं होतं शिवाजी महाराजांनी पुढे प्रांत फोंडा जिंकून घेतला आणि पूर्णपणे कारवार अंकोल्यापर्यंत शिवाजी महाराजांचं राज्य इथं सुरू झालं म्हणजे आजच्या गोव्यातील जवळजवळ बारा तालुक्यांपैकी आठ तालुके हे शिवाजी महाराजांचा राज्याचा भाग होता इथली रयत शिवाजी महाराजांची रयत होती इथल्या रयतेचा राजा शिवाजी राजा होता याचा पुढे अनेक अर्थाने गोव्यातील ह्या लोकांवर फायदा झाला किंवा पोर्तुगीजांच्या राजकीय महत्वाकांक्षांना शिवाजी महाराजांच्या हिंदवी स्वराज्यामुळं फार मोठा एक तडाखा बसला आणि त्याच्यावर एक आळा आला पुढे संभाजी महाराजांनी सुद्धा जो पोर्तुगीजांबरोबर संघर्ष केला तोही फार मोठा जबरदस्त संघर्ष आहे की त्यामुळं पोर्तुगीजांचं एक प्रकारे त्यांच्या सत्तेचा कणाथ मोडून गेला आणि त्याही नंतर पुढे सन सतराशे एकोणचाळीसमुळे मध्ये वसई मोहिमेमुळे पोर्तुगीजांची पूर्ण उत्तर कोकणातील सत्ताच नष्ट झाली यामुळं पोर्तुगीजांवरच्या राजकीय आणि धार्मिकतेवर प्रचंड मोठा एक त्यांना लगाम लागला त्यामुळं पोर्तुगीजांनी त्यानंतरच्या काळात जो प्रदेश गोव्याचा ताब्यात घेतला तिथे आपली धार्मिक सत्ता अजिबात त्यांनी तिथं गाजवली नाही पोर्तुगीजांनी सन सतराशे त्रेसष्टमध्ये प्रांत फोंडा जिंकून घेतला आणि सतराशे पंच्याऐंशीमध्ये पेडणे डिचोली सत्तरी हा भाग जिंकून घेतला हा अनुक्रमे सौंदेकर आणि सावंतांकडनं जिंकून घेतला हे सौंदेकर आणि सावंत हे छत्रपतींचे एक प्रकारे जागीरदारच होते एक प्रकारे शिवाजी महाराजांच्या हिंदवी स्वराज्यातनंच हा पोर्तुगीजांनी भाग जिंकून घेतला परंतु या भागामध्ये पोर्तुगीजांनी जाहीरनामा काढून एक विनंती लोकांना केली की आम्ही तुमच्या धर्माला आणि मंदिरांना हात लावणार नाही त्यामुळं या नव्या काबीजादीमध्ये पोर्तुगीजांनी एकही धार्मिक धर्मांतर केलं नाही आणि इथल्या मंदिरांना हात लावला नाही छत्रपती शिवाजी महाराजांनी जे हिंदवी स्वराज्य निर्माण केलं होतं त्याचाच हा परिणाम 
की पोर्तुगीजांनी त्या नव्या काबीजादीमध्ये आपली धार्मिक सत्तेचा उन्माद अजिबात दाखवला नाही हमारे अगले स्पीकर है एडवोकेट शिवाजी देसाई इतिहास अभ्यासक आप सामाजिक सेवा में कार्यरत रह चुके हैं और इसके लिए गोवा सरकार से आप पुरस्कृत भी हो चुके हैं महाविद्यालयीन काल में राष्ट्रीय स्तर पर आपको मॉक संसद पटु का बहुमान प्राप्त हुआ है आज आप क्रांतिवीर दीपा जी राणे और दादा राणे पर बात करेंगे मैं मेरे इस टॉपिक की शुरुआत उनके ऊपर जो पोवाड़ा है मराठी में उससे करना चाहूंगा जो बहुत लोगों को पता नहीं है मैं शुरू करता हूं धन्य धन्य मी आज पाला अपूर्व साक्षात्कार धन्य धन्य मी आज पाहिला अपूर्व साक्षात्कार दीपाजी राणे दादा लड़ले याच दिना साठी अरे छाती वरती गोळ्या झेलुनी पडली देह यष्टी मोरयानही शिंग पुंकिले मोरयानही शिंग पुंकिले झेलुनिया शिरीवार झेलुनिया शिरीवार धन्य धन्य मी आज पाहिला अपूर्व साक्षात्कार स्वातंत्र्याची पवित्र तीर्थे उफाळूनी येती रणयज्ञाच्या वेदीवरती वीर किती पडले अरे माता भगिनी पिचुनी गेल्या माता भगिनी पिचुनी गेल्या भासे जणुजोरास भासे जणुजोरास धन्य धन्य मी आज पाहिला अपूर्व साक्षात्कार धन्य धन्य मी आज पाहिला अपूर्व साक्षात्कार क्रांतिवीर दीपाजी राणे और दादा राणे आपको मालूम है कि पुर्तुगीज गोवा में आने के बाद पुर्तुगीज अगर देखा जाए इतिहास की तरफ तो पुर्तुगीज सत्तरी तालुका में आए 1743 में और 1743 के बाद 1755 से लेकर 1912 तक पुर्तुगीजों के खिलाफ सत्तरी तालुका में या सत्तरी तहसील में लगभग 22 संग्राम हुए मैं इनको स्वतंत्र संग्राम इसलिए बोलता हूं कुछ इतिहासकारों ने इसको बंड ऐसे शब्द ऐसा शब्द प्रयोग करके लिखा है देखिए बंड किसको कहते हैं बंड इसको कहते हैं जो अपनी सरकार के खिलाफ किया जाए या अपनों के खिलाफ किया जाए उसको बंड कहते हैं लेकिन स्वतंत्र संग्राम इसको कहते हैं जो पतियों के खिलाफ किया जाए उसको स्वतंत्र संग्राम कहते हैं ये बात हमारे समझ में आनी चाहिए इसलिए पुर्तुगीजों के खिलाफ लगभग 22 छोटे मोटे स्वतंत्र संग्राम सत्तरी तालुका में हुए और उसमें बहुत मायने जो रखते हैं वो दो हैं तो वो दो कौन से हैं उसी के ऊपर मैं बात करूंगा संक्षिप्त में बात करूंगा पहला मैं जो वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट स्वतंत्र संग्राम जो हुआ 
पुर्तगीजों के खिलाफ सत्तरी तालुका में वो वो तारीख थी 26 जनवरी अठारह वो क्यों हुई उसके कारण के क्या थे कि पुर्तगीजों ने यहाँ की सत्तरी तहसील है इस सत्तरी तहसील में यहाँ के लोगों के विशेष रूप से जो जमीन के अधिकार थे वो छीनने शुरू कर दिए उनके ऊपर टैक्स लगाना शुरू कर दिया बाद में उन्होंने क्या किया कि स्पेशली इस तालुका में जो महिलाएं थी उनके ऊपर अत्याचार करने लगे और धार्मिक अत्याचार भी बहुत करने लगे तो ये जो अत्याचार बढ़ने लगे तो यहाँ की रयत जो है यहाँ के लोग जो है इकट्ठा होने लगे और वो दीपाजी राणे जी के पास गए और उनको बोला कि आप ये जो अभी पुर्तगीजों के खिलाफ जो लड़ाई है उसका आप नेतृत्व करें लड़ना पड़ेगा तो बाद में लोगों ने हथियार जमा किए और क्रांतिवीर दीपाजी राणे के नेतृत्व में 26 जनवरी अठारह को नानुस किले के ऊपर हल्ला बोला गया नानुस किले के ऊपर जो पुर्तुगीज थे उन पुर्तुगीजों के साथ बहुत बड़ा संघर्ष हुआ हथियारों के साथ हमको मालूम है कि हथियारों के साथ एक 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 बहुत बड़ी क्रांति पंद्रह या जो इसमें बोला भी गया है ये वेबिनार में को हुई थी कुंकली उसको कुंकली का बंड कहा जाता है या कुंकली का स्वतंत्र संग्राम कहा जाता है बाद में एक बहुत बड़ी क्रांति अठारह को हुई वो जो देश बहुत देश व्यापी थी वो मंगल पांडे जी ने की थी लेकिन एक बड़ी क्रांति क्रांतिवीर दीपा जी ने राणे जी ने की पुर्तुगीजों के खिलाफ और अठारह को और नानुस किला जो है वो कब्जे में ले लिया समझ में आ गया और ये कब्जे में लेने के बाद क्या हुआ कि वो नानुस किले से अपना रूल चलाने लगे और इसके बाद थोड़ी दिनों के बाद पुर्तुगीजों ने लश्कर भेजा इनको वहां से खदेड़ने के लिए लेकिन लश्कर के कुछ लोग भी उनसे मिले और बाद में क्या हुआ कि वो जो लड़ाई थी वो लड़ाई छह सात दिन और आगे चली और चलने के बाद ये लड़ाई इतनी चलती रही इतनी चलती रही कि एक 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 सैनिक था उस सैनिक की एक गोली वहां एक हनीबी का एक ये था उसको मराठी में बोलता है पोड़ा बोलता है समवट थिंग था तो उसके ऊपर लगी और वो जो हनीबी वहां के वहां किले के आसपास थे वो वो हनीबी ने यानी कि वो मधमसी का ये था बहुत बड़ा झुंड था वो मधमसी मसी के झुंड ने वो पुर्तुगीज सैनिकों को जख्मी कर दिया और जख्मी होने के बाद वहां से पुर्तुगीज सैनिक भाग गए तो पुर्तुगीज क्या करते थे जब ऐसी लड़ाइया होती थी तो पुर्तुगीज वो समझौता समझौता करते थे तो इसके लिए पुर्तुगीजों ने क्या किया कि अगर और दीपाजी राणी ने क्या किया कि दीपाजी राणी का कोई लड़ाई का जो केवल बाद में वो विस्तार होने लगा 
वो हेमाड़ से बारदेश और गोवा के और जो भाग थे वो वो भागो वो उस भाग में दीपाली के सैनिक पहुंचने लगे और पुर्तुगीज के सरकार में बहुत बड़ा हाहाकार मच गया तो अभी पुर्तुगीजों को लगने लगा कि अभी दीपाजी का जो विस्तार हो रहा है वो विस्तार बहुत बड़ा अगर हो गया तो पुर्तुगीज खतरे में आ जाएंगे तो इसलिए उन्होंने समेट करने के लिए एक पेगात नाम का आदमी भेजा दीपाजी राणे के पास और उनको बोला कि वो पुर्तुगीज समेट करना चाहते हो तो दीपाजी ने बोला अगर समेट करना चाहते हो तो ठीक है लेकिन हमारे जो अधिकार पुर्तुगीजों ने लिए हुए हैं यानी कि जमीन के अधिकार है स्त्रियों के ऊपर अत्याचार कर रहे हैं बाकी के वो जो सब कुछ अधिकार है वो हमें वापस चाहिए लेकिन दीपाजी ने एक वहां एक आइडिया की दीपाजी राणी जी ने कि वो आइडिया ये थी कि वो जो पेगात था वो पेगात के तीन जो लड़के थे वो अपने पास रख दिए और उनको पेगात जी को बोला वो समेट के लिए आने के लिए तैयार है पंजीम में पुर्तुगीजों के पास लेकिन अगर दीपाजी को कुछ उन्होंने दीपाजी के साथ कुछ दगा किया तो वो जो तीनों लड़के वो दीपाजी के साथ रहेंगे या उनको मार दिया जाएगा ऐसा ये करके पेगात को भेज दिया गया और बाद में दीपाजी वहां गए और दीपाजी ने समेट किया और समेट में जो सभी अधिकार थे यहाँ लोगों के जो जो यानी कि वो जमीन के अधिकार छीन लिए गए थे और वहां यहाँ का यहाँ जो धार्मिक अत्याचार हो रहा था स्त्रियों के ऊपर अत्याचार हुआ था वो सब वो दीपाजी बोले वो सब वो सब वो समेट मराठी में समेत समेट वो लिखित रूप से है और सब वो समेट के बाद क्या हुआ कि यहाँ के लोगों को अधिकार पुर्तुगीजों ने कबूल कर दिया कि वो अभी ये जो अधिकार उन्होंने लिए है वो देने के लिए तैयार है और बाद में और दीपाजी को बोला गया कि उनका जो गांव है वो उनका जो उनकी जो एरिया है कोदार भाग उस भाग में जाकर दीपाजी रह जाए और दीपाजी को कैप्टन का पद भी दिया गया देखिए और बाद में क्या हुआ कि दो तीन साल बाद धीरे धीरे पुर्तुगीजों ने जो समेट के रूप में लिखित रूप से दीपाजी को बोला था कि वो समेट करने के लिए तैयार है पुर्तुगीज उससे मुकर गए और पुर्तुगीज मुकर जाने के बाद दीपाजी को बहुत गुस्सा आ गया और उस गुस्से में दीपाजी ने पुर्तुगीज को एक बहुत बड़ा पत्र मराठी में लिखा और उनको बोला कि उन्होंने दीपाजी से कैसे दीपाजी के पीठ में कैसे छुरा खुपसा और उस वक्त क्या हुआ कि ये सब देने के बाद भी दीपाजी की जो दीपाजी ने लगभग तीन साल तक अपने हाथ में डायरेक्टली इनडायरेक्टली सत्ता ली थी यहाँ लेकिन उस वक्त में क्या हुआ था कि उस वक्त में दीपाजी को भी बहुत बड़ी समस्या हो गई उनकी पत्नी की भी मृत्यु हो गई थी कि उसके बाद अगेन छोटे मोटे स्वतंत्र संग्राम जो है वो सत्तरी तालुका में विशेष रूप से होते रहे लगभग 1895 को एक बहुत बड़ा स्वतंत्र संग्राम सत्तरी तालुका में हुआ सत्तरी तहसील में हुआ उसकी इसकी विशेष रूप से बहुत लोगों को पहचान नहीं है और वो दादाजी राणे ने की दीपाजी राणे का जो जो गांव था मूल गांव था वो कुंभारखंड था दादाजी राणे जो 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 अड़वई में रहने वाले थे उस वक्त क्या हुआ था कि उस वक्त भी ऐसा ही एक प्रॉब्लम हुआ कि यहाँ एक दत्तू नाडकर्णी नाम का एक था आदमी था जो पुर्तुगीज पुर्तुगीजों को बहुत बहुत क्लोज था वो दत्तू नाडकर्णी और और वो जो बाकी के सरकारी अधिकारी जो 
पुर्तगीज सरकार में काम करते थे उन्होंने मिलकर धोखे से क्या किया कि यहाँ की लोगों की जो जमीनें थी वो अपने नाम के ऊपर कर ली समझ में आ गया और वहां और पुर्तु और बाद में फिर से पुर्तगीज वो जो अत्याचार थे वो बहुत बढ़ने लगे उसके मायने क्या हुए कि लोग फिर से इकट्ठा आ गए और दादाजी राणे के पास गए और दादाजी राणे को बोलने लगे कि हमको कुछ करना पड़ेगा तो उसी वक्त क्या हुआ कि उसी वक्त और एक दूसरी घटना उसके समांतर घटी वो ये थी कि देखिए कि पुर्तगीज सरकार में या पुर्तगीज पुर्तगीज का जी मिलिट्री पुर्तगीज की जो मिलिट्री थी उस मिलिट्री में यहाँ के लोग गोवा के लोग भी काम करते थे तो वो मिलिट्री के लोगों को एक ऑर्डर आ गया एक हुकूबनामा आ गया कि उनको अभी अफ्रीका में जाना है तो उस वक्त क्या था उस वक्त हिंदू धर्म के अनुसार प्रदेश गमन को भी कुछ प्रदेश गमन नहीं होता था और उस वक्त क्या था कि अगर वो सैनिक सोचने लगे कि उधर अगर वो अफ्रीका में गए तो वहां सुअर का मांस खाना पड़ेगा वहां बाद में गाय का मांस खाना पड़ेगा ये सब करना पड़ेगा तो वो धर्म के खिलाफ था इसके लिए क्या हुआ कि वो सैनिक पुर्तगीज सरकार के खिलाफ गुस्सा आ गए और गुस्सा आने के बाद क्या हुआ कि उनको लगा कि अभी पुर्तगीजों के खिलाफ एक कुछ करना पड़ेगा एक रिवॉल्ट करना पड़ेगा एक स्वतंत्र संग्राम करना पड़ेगा तो इसके लिए उन्होंने क्या किया कि उनको पता था कि दादा राणे जो थे ये एक सत्तरी तालुका में एक बहुत बड़े पावरफुल आदमी थे वो भी एक अधिकारी थे वो भी एक सैनिक अधिकारी थे तो वो सैनिक आके दादाजी राणे को मिले और बाद में यहाँ सत्तरी के जो लोग थे वो भी मिले और उन्होंने मिलकर क्या किया कि वो मिलकर सब नानूस किला जो मैंने पहले बताया वही नानूस किला ये एक ऐतिहासिक धरोहर है अभी भी समझ में आया इस नानूस किला का ऊपर किला किले के ऊपर ये सब जमा हुए और उन्होंने निश्चय किया कि अभी एक बहुत बड़ा स्वतंत्र संग्राम खड़ा करना है और बाद में उन्होंने 6 अक्टूबर अठारह को हरण के किले के ऊपर धावा बोला पुर्तगीजों के खिलाफ ये सब सैन्य लेकर हथियार जमा किए और उन्होंने धावा बोल के वहां से हथियार लूट लिए पुर्तगीजों के जो हथियार थे वो और वहां से पुर्तगीज भगा दिए भगा दिए उन्होंने और वो करते करते वो दादा राणे और वो सैन्य वो था वो बारदेश और बाकी के भाग में जाने लगे वो पेटने तक पहुंच गए समझ में आ गया और अभी ऐसा लगने लगा कि दादा राणे जी है वो पंजिम कौंकर करने वाले अगवत का जो किला है वो भी लेना है इसके लिए प्लानिंग चल रही थी बहुत बड़ी और उसमें क्या हुआ कि जब ऐसा कुछ होता है तब पुर्तगीज फिर समेट के लिए आ जाते तो पुर्तगीज अपने तरफ से समेट के लिए प्रयत्न करने लगे दादाजी राणे के साथ उन्होंने कुछ अधिकारी भी भेजे और बाद में ये जो संगमेश्वर के एक पिताधीश थे उनकी तरफ से एक समेट किया गया एक एग्रीमेंट किया गया और एग्रीमेंट की तरफ फिर से वो जो कुछ राइट्स थे जमीन के राइट्स थे और राइट्स थे वो सब राइट्स सत्तरी के लोगों को बहाल किए गए लेकिन कुछ दिन के बाद दादाजी राणे को एक झूठे खून के आरोप में फंसाया गया और इस रिवॉल्ट में जो लगभग तेईस लोग थे दादाजी राणे के साथ मिलकर लगभग तेईस लोग थे उनको फिर 
काल उनको पकड़ के उनके ऊपर मुकदमा चलाया गया और उनके ऊपर उनको काले पानी की सजा दी गई और उनको अफ्रीका में भेजा गया और और दादा राणे दादाजी राणे क्या अफ्रीका में वो उनकी मृत्यु हो गई तो ऐसी ये जो दो बड़ी क्रांतियां लगभग 22 क्रांतियां हुई है सत्तरी तालुका में सशस्त्र क्रांतियां मैं बोल रहा हूँ तो ऐसी ये जो दो बड़ी क्रांतियां थी ये सत्तरी में हुई वो जो दीपाजी राणे जी और दादाजी राणे उन दोनों ने की Dr Sushila Savant Mendes is an author and academician. She is a professor of history and has been the head of department and vice principal of the Arts, Science and Commerce College in Kepe Goa. She is chairperson of Board of Studies in History, Goa University. She has published a book on Louis de Menezes' Braganza, Secularism, Nationalism and Free Thought in Portuguese Goa. My topic for today is Ram Manohar Lohia maverick of goa's civil disobedience movement the term maverick i have used deliberately because it means a person who refuses to follow the normal path and chooses his own a political maverick is a person who often behaves differently for from the expected usual way but is always ethical principled and trustworthy Ramana Loya was already a very tall socialist leader before 1946 having played a pivotal role in the formation of the Socialist Party in 1934 two years later he was the secretary of the Congress Foreign Department and during this period he published a number of booklets like on the struggle for civil liberties government of the foreign collaborators Swaraj kya aur kaise and Ramana aur Loya was arrested more than 20 times by the British by the Portuguese by the Nepalese government and even by the Indian government after independence in fact he was just released from the Lahore fort prison in 1946 24th April 2 months before the famous 18 June or Goa Kranti Divas day When he came to Goa he was met by a lot of members who were already involved in the Goan freedom movement for example Purushottam Kakodkar advocate uh, Loyola for uh, advocate Jose Ignacio Loyola and many others and Ramanohar Loya was invited to Goa by Dr Julia Menezes Dr Julia Menezes was a medical doctor while Dr Ramanohar Loya was a PhD from the same university berlin university in germany when he did his phd in salt and satyagraha and right way back in 1938 he said in the gomandak times which was an organ of the gomandak praja uh, socialist party that goa is a part of us and we cannot allow our movements for freedom and unity to be suppressed with such wanton ferocity Now if you take the background of 1946 movement 450 years of Portuguese rule there were a lot of revolts there was the Kunkoli revolt of 1583 Matheus da Castro revolt Pinto conspiracy the Rani revolts and many others from 1820 to 
you have the constitutional monarchy in Portugal. And then in 1910, till the coming of Salazar in 1928-30, you have the liberal republic. And once Salazar comes with his acto colonial, it is a period of complete repression where even a wedding card had to be censored and uh, nobody could have meetings, nobody could address meetings. So speeches were banned. This is what Dr. Ram Manohar Loya wanted to condemn, wanted to protest. It was not a movement to drive out the Portuguese from Goa. It was a movement to protest for the civil liberties of the Goan people. The right of the Goan people to think freely, speak freely, and write freely. When they met in Asolna, there was a group of people who believed that there need to be organization before action. But Dr. Ram Manohar Loya said that there needs to be direct action. At this point of time, there were no telephones, so there were postcards which said and announced that Dr. Ram Manohar Loya is going to have a hartal on 18 June in Margaon. And that's how people from all over Goa on a rainy day of 18 June came to Margaon. There were, of course, people like Baki Borgar and Lakshmi Khan Bemre and uh, all these other freedom fighters, also members of the Goa Sevak Sam. And uh, Julia Menezes and Ram Manohar Loya came in a carriage to Margaon. Before that, there were small meetings on 14 June, on 15th, on 16th June in different parts of Goa. Goa. For example, on 16th, it was at the residence of Jaginlal Shah in Panjim. On the 18th itself, you have a big mass gathering of thousands of people in Margaon. Today, you have that ground called Loya Maidan. But at that time, it was just a square near the Capellaun, the Batalio, or now the Church of Our Lady of Grace. Captain Zuzé Miranda, the administrator of Salset, pointed the revolver at Ram Manohar Loya's head. And the man that he was, fearless man that he was, he just moved it aside and went on the podium to give his speech. He began his speech, which was of course not permitted, by saying, people of Gomantak, Think freely, speak freely, and act to build your organized strength. Ramana Horiloya and Julia Menezes, as expected, were arrested. This was the first time in more than 450 years that people had come on the streets, protested, and Portuguese believed that it was a movimento de rua, means, which means a roadside as agitation. Jai Hind was the slogans in Margao, in Penjim, and after 18 June, in fact, the police, the Portuguese police, shamelessly called upon Dr. Loya to pacify the crowd, and he spoke in Hindi and told the people to go home. On the 19th June, and then 20th, and 21st, and 28th, one day after another, the aftermath of 18 June, was something which was very important to go in history. You have meetings, protest meetings in every nook and corner of Goa. 
the villages of Goa, Carmona, Zambauli, Kepe, the cities of Goa, Panjim, Mapsa, Margao, Vasco, every day almost there is a protest meeting. And this is the time when people like T.B. Kunya, Bertha Menezes, Braganza, Venkatesh Vaidya, all these people, they came forward without feel, feeling frightened of being arrested. In fact, if you look up the newspapers, for example, the Gomantak of the period from 18 June to the three months thereafter, the arrest of the freedom fighters is put like a roll of honor. And remember, all these freedom fighters were taken to Penish, like TV Kunya and others, given rigorous imprisonment, conducted summary trials. For example, TV Kunya, Jose Inacio Loyola, more than 10 years rigorous imprisonment, taken all the way to uh, Portugal to be arrested, to be detained in prisons which were in an island. So this was the after effect. Even in a cemetery in Shandor, on, on the 10th of July, there was a lati charge because the Satyagrahis, they went and they paid their obedience to uh, obeisance, sorry, to the grave of uh, Luis Menezes Braganza. And when they shouted Jai Hind, the Portuguese could not obviously understand and they ordered a lati charge. Now, from that day, 8th July, all these days up to 11th August 1946, you have so many, many arrests. And though Dr. Loya was released because the Portuguese did not want to keep him in jail anymore, he was, he was a burden to the Portuguese government. He was taken away to Castle Rock and released and uh, told not to enter Goa again. But despite that, the man that he was, he came back to Goa the second time on 28th August. And again, he was arrested at Kolayam police station, a railway station. And there I had interviewed George Vaz, the CPI leader. And he mixed around with some Jesuit priests and he disappeared. But Loya was arrested and he was arrested, kept in solitary confinement till 2nd October 1946. And thereafter, when Loya was in prison, there were protest meetings in Kepe, in Bisholi, in Margaon, Kunkoli. P.P. Shirodkar, the first uh, speaker of the Goa Assembly, was arrested because he wrote about the civil disobedience movement in the Free Press Journal. After this, Loya was kept at the border and told that there is a ban on his entry for five years from 2nd October onwards. Thereafter, Loya did not come to Goa, but he visited all the neighboring sites of Goa. You can see almost every neighboring village was visited by Dr. Loya. He addressed meetings, but the most important fallout was the coming together of the, of the freedom fighters who were not in, united, but they came together in Londa, uh, also in Tilakwadi in Belgaum on 18th October under the leadership of Ram Krishna Hegde. And you find that there the National Congress Goa was reunited once again. And thereafter, 
uh, Ram Manohar Loya addressed meetings in Karwa, Ratnagiri, Kolapur, Khanapur, Nandagram, Londa, uh, Manj Majali, which is on the uh, Kankon border, Vengurla, Amboli, Satorda, Aronda. Understand the energy of this man who was not doing it for any reason but except his strong patriotism. Thereafter, he spoke about Prajaraj, people's government. And in November 1946, in a meeting in Bombay, he said, what are we fighting for? To create a new Goa where every single Goan is a happy citizen who tries to acquire the dignity of full democracy and is willing to live and die for a free Hindustan. And Loya had his mission. He spoke about offering satyagraha, mass resistance, picketing, the liquor shops, peasant protests, campaigns against uh, stamp revenue and lotteries, uh, taxes, setting up of propaganda units. And he said, he wrote, five lakh of full Democrats can shake the Portuguese into submission get arrested, get beaten, suffer bullets, but take out your mochas and demonstrations and refuse to pay taxes. Thereafter, you find that from July 1947 till 8 January 1959, a long period, uh, Ram Manohar Loya continued his contact with the Goan people. In fact, on 27 July 1947, he wrote a four-point program. Number one, to uplift the backward sections of Goans. Number two, educate those who are employed as cooks, butlers, and tailors, most of which Goans were in Bombay. Number three, to form a representation, to have a further movement, and to coordinate all constructive activities to form a volunteer organization to work with the people. So Dr. Ram Manohar Loya came twice to Goa. The 18th June is known all over. The 28th September and his incarceration to 2nd October is not known. But his movement after that is hardly known. And on 8th January 1959, he addressed a meeting in Bombay where he said that we need to fight against the Portuguese. He protested against the United Nations and the Human Rights Commission saying that they are not understanding that there is human right violation in Goa under the Portuguese. Now, Ram Manohar Loya must be remembered that he lit the spark, like you say, uh, the thingy, the spark of the freedom struggle movement, the last phase. It was after this that many goals, casting aside their personal considerations, came forward as the leading torchbearers of Goa's freedom. For this, we owe and goals owe their humble gratitude to Dr. Ram Manohar Loya. Why do you think that Lohia in the beginnings um... Uh, talked about only civil liberties and uh, in the next time he uh, spoke about uh, Swatantrya. Uh, see, when uh, there was a meeting in the month of April in the ILA Hall in Bombay, 
where T.B. Kunya gave a speech about civil liberties. That is published. Now, in that speech, uh, it is said that Goa was influenced by that speech of T.B. Kunya. And uh, he understood that there were no civil liberties in Goa. Now, as a socialist leader, as a member of a country which was already liberated in 1947, remember Goa was not yet free till 1961, he decided that it is time that we protest against the fact that Goans need the right to think freely, speak freely and write freely. This is a basic right. So the 18 June movement was a movement for civil liberties. It was a civil disobedience movement. Loya's agenda was this, the point of civil liberties first. Thereafter, there were so many arrests, so many goans like T.B. Kunya, Zuzay Inacio Loyola, Lakshmikant Bembre, so many others were incarcerated into prison for taking part in this movement. This is when the movement doesn't remain just a civil liberties movement. And thereafter, uh, Loya takes this movement to the villages outside Goa because he's not allowed to come to Goa. And that's when he enthuses the people of India as well as of Goa that just fighting for civil liberties is not really enough. It is important to take it a step further and fight for the throwing out of the Portuguese from Goa. Our next speaker, Nishtha Desai, has done her PhD on uh, TB Kunha and uh, denationalization of Goans. Her uh, doctorate is in uh, sociology. It is on TB Kunha and the denationalization of Goans, which is his, an essay that he had penned in 1944. Okay, so today we're discussing TB Kunha and his seminal work, The Denationalization of Goans. So just to give a brief biographical sketch, uh, he was born in 1891 in a wealthy Bhatkar family in Kueli, South Goa. He, his own father used to run a conservative newspaper called U National, but he was very influenced by his cousin, who was also his brother-in-law, Louis the Menezes Braganza. And he was specially uh, inspired by his ideas of uh, having an autonomous state, autonomous Goa. He was also like against the church. He was for his uh, the views that Menezes Braganza held. So at the age of 21, T.B. Kunya decided to go to France and he qualified as a civil engineer from Sorbonne University and stayed in France till he was 35 years old. Okay. So in France, he was involved in some activities, but it is not clear exactly what activities he was involved with. He was involved with an organization called the Anti-Imperialist League and he had uh, associated with people like Chawanlai, Ho Chi Minh, Romain Roland, uh, Henri Barbus, who were political thinkers, who were nationalists. So after returning to Goa, he decided to start the Goa Congress Committee in 1928, 
and this organization laid the foundation for the formation of the National Congress in, in Goa in 1946. Kunya participated in the civil liberties movement launched by Loya and was the first person to be tried by a military court for his participation in the movement. He was awarded a sentence of 15 years and uh, that involved him being transported to Portugal. However, after five years, his sentence was relaxed in a general amnesty, but he was still required to remain in Portugal. He could not leave the country. When talking about his prison life, he talked about how he mingled with the very finest men of Portugal who were incarcerated by the dictator. So he sees it as a period of great learning. In 1953, he managed to escape to France from where he made his way to India. But he could not return to Goa because he had escaped from the Portuguese uh, territory. So he could not go to Goa. He had to remain in uh, Bombay. He stayed, uh, he chose to stay in Bombay. There he formed the Goa Action Committee, which was an umbrella organization formed in 1953. And it had people from various different ideologies coming together, but all for a free Goa. That was their binding you know, uh, slogan. He also brought out a journal called Free Goa, along with his niece, Bertha Menezes Baganza. He edited it between 1956 to 1958. And this provides a lot of uh, valuable information about the movement for uh, Free Goa. In 1958, he suffered a fatal heart attack. After he died on 26 September, uh, his friends tried to organize a church burial for him, but the Catholic Church refused to take his body. So he had to be buried in a cemetery of the Protestant Church in Shivri, Bombay. Later on, his, mortals were, his mortal remains were brought to Goa about 30 years later, and they were kept in Azad Medan, Panji where memorial stands in his honor. Yeah. So one of the things that he contributed was an understanding of the complexity of imperialism. Uh, Ashish Nandi, who is a social theorist, had commented on how Franz Fanon, who was involved in the Algerian liberation struggle, was one of the first to realize how colonialism is responsible for psychological dominance of the people. But two decades before Fanon's work had been published, Kunya had realized that imperialism was not just political and economic in nature, but that it was cultural. It led to intellectual civility. It led to the degeneration of people's culture and resulted in the negation of progress. So he was very aware of the multi-dimensional effect of imperialism. Yeah. So people know him best by his essay, The Denationalization of Goans. This is an essay in which he analyzes the process by which mind, the minds of the people were enslaved. And this prevented them from resisting colonial rule. Uh, Franz Fanon had examined the persistence of colonialism after the departure of the colonizers. But Kunya was concerned about the grip that 
the colonizers had over the minds of the people, resulting in the absence of any protest and resulting in the persistence of their rule. So both Fanon and Cunha believed that the mental enslavement of the elites enabled the colonial rulers to sustain their rule over the colonized with their consent. Yeah. And Cunha also identified the nation as India. He believed that people had lost their connection to India. And he talked of how people have in Goa have sunk so low into indignity, even though they've been deprived of their most elementary human rights. So he lamented the fact that there were people in Goa who identified with Portuguese rule and wanted to have ties with Portugal forever. He felt this was something that was very shameful. He was deeply impressed by the Congress-led nationalist movement in India. And he felt that this helped him to gain a sense of national identity. He was very aware of his identity as an Indian. And he coined the slogan, a free Goa in a free, a free Goa in a free India. He believed that once India was free, Goa would automatically be free. He was instrumental in uniting people, holding different views. So he gave a lot of emphasis to the fact that the educated classes especially had lost their sense of Indianness. And he attributed the absence of any popular protest to the denationalization of Goans. There is a quote here which you can read, which talks of the kind of enslavement that had taken place resulting in a total absence of any protest. So this essay provides insights on the psychological, social, and cultural dimensions of imperialism. And denationalization, as defined by Kunya, was the process by which the educated classes especially had lost a sense of their Indianness. Through his writings, Kunya also exposed the myths in the kind of history that had been written by the Portuguese. And he talked of how what had happened in Goa was that the traditional culture of the people had been forgotten and it was replaced by an aping culture where we aped whatever was being done by the West. He was critical of the colonial administration censors which subjected all printed matter to scrutiny. So we were not free to read anything we wanted to read. There was a very strict censorship that went on. So even wedding invitations and, uh, you know, communication of that nature was also scrutinized. Kunya was against any attempt by the colonizers to divide people. And he lamented that sometimes religion was used to divide people. And he felt that this was disadvantageous to India's unity. He demolished myths about colonial rulers being tolerant. He commented on the impact of colonial rule on the people. For example, the alien education, which did not talk of India's history, but talked about the history of kings and queens in Europe. He talked about the manner in which Konkani was also destroyed. It was actively discouraged. People were actively discouraged from talking Konkani. So he talked about this also. So if we look at the relevance of Kunya's thought, we 
can examine what is happening today as well. And I think, you know, if we look at what is happening, we will find that Kunya's thought is not something that should be sitting in museums or, you know, sitting in libraries, in dusty corners, but something which should be used, something that should be read. It should be something that we need to look to. Amilcar Cabral, a revolutionary who fought for Guinea-Bissau's liberation from Portuguese colonial rule, declared, liberation is an act of culture and believe that people have to assert their culture if they want to be free. Today, we need to ask ourselves some questions. Are we truly free? Does our education system foster critical thought? Can we foster TB Kunya's nationalist spirit, which encompasses mutual respect between all communities, be they religious, regional, linguistic, or ethnic? Uh, you said that uh, TB Kunya was extremely influenced by Louis Minnes's Braganza. Uh, so, can you say a few uh, in a few lines what did uh, uh, Louis Minnes's Braganza stand for? Louis Menezes Braganza has um, various views. He believed that uh, Goa should be autonomous, that self-rule should be encouraged. Uh, he believed that Konkani should be encouraged. You know, it's interesting, but he, in fact, even Kunya himself was not good at Konkani, but they were very aware of the fact that we need a mother tongue and that we need this mother tongue to be encouraged for our culture to grow. So, these are things which you can find in common between Louis Menezes Braganza and TV Kunya. And uh, he, he was a free thinker. So he thought out of the box and uh, he made statements without caring about the consequences. So in that way, Kunya was influenced by him. And uh, why did the Catholic Church refuse to bury uh, TV Kunya? Um, I suppose they saw him as uh, uh, T.P. Kunya never ever said that he was an atheist, you know, although he has been called a leftist, he has been, and he has not denied that he's a leftist, but he has never called himself an atheist also, if you look into his writings. But he has been critical of the church in its use of religion to divide people. So possibly because he was critical of the church, they may have decided that they did not want him to be buried in the Catholic church. Uh, there was one Mr. F-A-N-O-N, Fanon, that you mentioned. Uh, mm -hmm. Was he a Goan? And, uh, no, no. He was, was the context in the to it. Algerian uh, liberation struggle. Achha. So, but uh, there was a lot of similarity in the kind of analysis he did about the impact of the of colonial rule on the minds of the people who were colonized and uh, actually on the internet i had read something like uh, um, i mean uh, all these freedom fighters were expecting uh, to be freed along with the rest of the uh, nation uh, so it was uh, supposed to be they were expecting it to be in 1947 uh, yet uh, it was not done and Mahatma Gandhi is supposed to have said something like Goa will have to continue with their freedom struggle even if India has uh, achieved it or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Can you um, enlighten us a little bit about that? There was a lot of disappointment because one of the key slogans that was coined 
for the Goa freedom struggle was a free Goa in a free India. So people had thought that once India is free, Goa will automatically be freed. But then it was realized that there were a lot of uh, hurdles in the way of Goa's freedom. And uh, there are different viewpoints about it. But, uh, you know, you find that um, it's uh, Kunya himself has sort of not publicly sort of said that he is uh, disappointed with the Indian government. He has not said anything like that. So it's uh, different people have looked at it in different ways. Some people have been very critical of the Indian government. Some people have seen that there have been international repercussions as a result of which the freedom was delayed. So there are different interpretations. Dr. Seema Rizgur is Assistant Professor in History Department of Goa University. Her major thrust areas of research are Indo-Portuguese history, decolonization movements, etc. She has presented papers at various national and international forums. Her topic for today is Azad Gomantak Dal Formation and Challenges. Uh, this is my uh, part of my PhD. My uh, PhD was uh, you know, titled uh, Goa Struggle for Freedom, 1946 to 61. Uh, the contribution of National Congress Goa, uh, National Congress Goa, and Azad Gomantatta. Uh, a browse through history of uh, Goa acquaints us uh, to various forms of covert and overt resistance to colonial regime. The people of Goa you know, uh, they, they resented the colonial regime of Portugal through violent protests, rebellions, uh, uprisings and revolts. And uh, in the 20th century, you find that Goa's struggle for freedom, a movement which was launched to attempt total liberation of Goa and integration with the Indian nation was launched. And in this saga, you find that two parallel organizations, NCG, the National Congress Goa, who adopted Gandhian technique of nonviolent satyagraha, and Azad Gomantaddal, which imbibed the revolutionary militant methodology to challenge the colonial regime. Both have tremendously contributed to achieve the goal of liberation of Goa. Now, you know, it is very interesting that uh, they were complementing one another in the struggle. Although their methods were different, although their means were different, they were simultaneously fighting and uh, Lavande, who was founder member of Azad Gomantakdal, had participated in the Dashalainik Satyagraha, which Lohia had launched on 18 June 1946. And then he drifted away from the nonviolent technique of Satyagraha and opted for revolutionary means. 
if you look the manifesto of uh, azad komantak dal two koitas feature there so uh, adopting weapons to fight against colonial regime is clearly seen in the emblem of you know the symbol which uh, azad komantak dal have on its manifesto um now why did they uh, want to adopt covert underground secret militant methods this is the question when lohia had already launched uh, his satyagraha movement along with the others based on the gandhian ideology now you find that the overt form of dashadainik satyagraha they found that this was strengthening this was a strengthening the regime why because to counter the satyagraha struggle the istadu novu the salazarist dictatorship which called its colonial state as the new state the istadu novu they uh, you know introduced tribunals military uh, territorial military tribunals to punish the satyagrahis and if you look at the record you find that if you look at the punishments which were given to the nonviolent protesters like 28 years of imprisonment and then deportation to african colonies of angola and mozambique 30 years of imprisonment and then deportations they were taking satyagrahis the nonviolent protesters away from their motherland now what was the alternative left to them did you know there was no alternative other than the covert struggle and therefore they went for underground secret organization they were influenced by netaji subhash chandra bose azad in the force though lavande wanted to name it as azad in the force uh sinari argued that uh, violence was not an exclusive mean for azad gomantakdar it was an auxiliary mean because they also believed in the idea of you know uh, propagating the nationalist uh, you know uh, words so propagation of nationalism also was one of the important factor which azad gomantakdar felt that it was their duty to nationalize uh, create uh, nationalist awareness among goans and that is the reason you find that they uh, launched in 1954 azad goa radio and through this radio you find that propaganda activities were carried on against the portuguese sarazaris dictatorship against portuguese uh, colonialism now uh, interestingly uh, in the beginning you find that uh, these had to be very secretly done so therefore you find that initial name of azad gomantak dal is valmiki now we all know what place valmiki has in our indian culture and you know Uh, valmiki represents the idea of hibernation and then emerging he he emerged as you know uh, a biographer 
who wrote Ramayana. So taking inspiration from Indian culture, they named their secret organization in the initial stage as Valmiki. You know, the uh, AGD, which was form, formed on 18 June 1947, uh, drew inspiration from revolutionary movements of Bengal, Northern India, and Azad in the Fauz, as discussed earlier. And, uh, you know, the strategy which uh, they used to combat the colonial regime was armed attack and uh, guerrilla uh, technique. Now, uh, you find that uh, Azad Gomantak Dal emerges as a distinct organization only after 1954. Now, liberation of Dadra Nagar was a turning point in uh, the history of uh, decolonization movement because it uh, debunked the myth of invincibility of Salazar's uh, regime, uh, Salazar's colonial regime. And uh, you find that it not only this action of Azad Gunatakdas Dal uh, not only, uh, you know, uh, created a, a kind of, a, uh, you know, wave in the minds of uh, uh, Indians who also wanted Goa uh, to be liberated, but also you find that it inspired the colonial uh, decolonial struggles against uh, Portugal in Africa. So it, this was a very inspiring action of uh, Azad Gomantakdal. Now, uh, the establishment of Azad Gomantakdal is not a, a spontaneous occurrence, but it has got a, a significant background. If, if you look at, uh, as I was discussing the organization and the Wicked uh, Cell established, you know, and their active volunteer corps. Now, this was the main uh, body of Azad Gomantakda. This active volunteer corps, uh, it, uh, you know, the main function of this uh, was to carry out the activities, the actions, the armed actions. These people were all civilians, had, had no clue uh, about how to use weapons. So they needed some formal training and you find that retired captains of the Indian Army, for example, Captain uh, Gore, uh, Captain Dabolkar, Captain uh, Sherjan Chaudhary, uh, they have trained uh, the volunteers of Azad uh, Gomantak Dal. You know, uh, Mohan Ranade, uh, Lavande, uh, you know, uh, Many uh, took training, and uh, at Ambedkar, this training was uh, going on, especially uh, places near uh, Goa, Maharashtra border areas. These became their training centers. And uh, Azad Gomantak Dal uh, used to uh, be in such places, no man's land. Uh, they used to prefer to uh, put their tents in no man's land. You know, once they took the military training, they became more active, bold uh, to take up actions. I have conversed with most of the members of uh, Azad Gumantanda, like Mohan Ranadeji, Sudhir Fadkeji. Uh, Sudhir Fadke's interesting, uh, uh, you know, narration that how he took arms, singing a group who 
took arms to uh, Dadra Nagar Haveli is, is well known. It is well known to all of us. So uh, these kinds of challenges they faced, but uh, decided uh, to give a tough fight to the colonial uh, regime. One camp which uh, was organized at Amboli, uh, you find that Labande, Mohan Ranade, Prabhaka Sinari, Dattaram Naik, Tukaram Kanponkar, Mahabaleshwar Naik, Kanoba Naik, Krishna Mayekar, and many others joined this camp. Now, uh, if you look at the training, in which kind of art uh, colonial uh, Sherjan Chaudhary was training Hazadunatakdal workers. For example, volunteers were trained in battlecraft, application of firearms, handling of rifles, grenades, and uh, you know, uh, trainers were uh, told to lay stress on the guerrilla technique. So uh, this kind of uh, training, education was given in the camp. Azad Gomantakdal uh, reveals to you certain features of you know traditional Indian Indian cultural. Uh, look. It had a traditional Indian cultural look. Now what are its features? When they took oath, they took oath on 18th June 1947, one year after Lohia's movement which was launched on 18th June 1946. Just one year after they took their oath at Boma Kukare the Shantadurga temple and how this oath was taken? This oath was taken in by taking a weapon in the hand because here the idea was that Goa liberation movement is going to be using the method of the Gandhian non-violence, open protest, satyagraha, public speeches. Okay. Descent shows through symbolic acts of overt struggle. But here in the night on 18 June 1947, a group meets at Bhuma Kukare at Shantadurga temple and takes an oath in front of the female deity. This is very symbolic. This is symbolic because it is imbibing the mythography of the motherland, the idea of motherland, which the Indian revolutionaries had imbibed. Bharat Mata, motherland, which is oppressed by Western colonialists. This was the idea. And these are his, they, uh, her children. Now the duty of her children is to free the motherland. And therefore, in front of the goddess Shantadurga, this oath was taken, taking weapon in the hand and after the oath uh, was the deity, vibhuti was applied, sacred ash vibhuti was applied to the forehead of each member who were present and who had taken oath and then the prasad was distributed. Now this resembles Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj's uh, oath which he took for Hindavi Swaraj. So there is some, you know, resemblance between this oath-taking ceremony and their oath-taking ceremony was very, very important for uh, Azad Gomantak Dutta. 
so every member when uh, he, uh, was recruited you know they had to take oath of allegiance to the dal and uh, oath to maintain secrecy so concept of bharat mata looking at the idea of nationalism from the view of motherland the basic difference between the western idea of nationalism and the indian idea of uh, nationalism is that for indian nationalist it was always a matrubhumi bharat mata but for the west it was fatherland so there is even if we say that nationalism is a universal idea but these basic difference if we understand between the western idea of nationalism and the indian idea of nationalism how specific it is to our you know our culture the idea of shakti the idea of adi shakti mother goddess matrubhumi another idea which was part of uh, azad womanth uh, dal was purushart purushart uh, uh, to act like men means to take weapon in the hand and also shatra tej both these ideas are very uh, specific to uh, indian understanding of uh, virata the idea of shur veer the idea of kshatriya okay to be a kshatriya to to fight a battle what you required is the purushartha and for azad gomantak dal you find that this was a battle against the colonial regime dictatorial colonial regime of portugal and to fight this battle what was required was virata shurata dhairyata and all this comes only with the purushartha and shatra tej so these both ideas were part of azad gomantakta now advent of portuguese on the soil of goa 1510 had turned this land into filangana if you look at the records in uh, marathi during that time uh, during 18th century uh, you find that this this land was called uh, the firangana the land of firangi and the aim of azad gomantakdar was to free land from the firangi and how they would do it by hoisting the indian tricolor the tiranga only when tiranga unfurled on the soil of goa the lost glories of goa could be attained back this is how they looked at liberation of goa and to do that they had to combat they had to fight they had to battle against all the odds which the colonial regime was 
inflicting on them so main aim was to attain the lost glories to make once again this land reunite with the indian nation 450 years of political separation had created disparities in the social fabric of goa and therefore somewhere this had to be merged and only solution was to take up arms in the hands and fight the battle so their formation tells you the concreteness of their aim they were very firm in that until unless they achieve their aim achieve their goal they would not rest so they you know plan their struggle if you if you don't mind how much time i have i mean actually ma'am since i wasn't here uh, uh, i got disconnected but i think you should conclude now yeah that is what so this is how you know uh, the uh, i am restricting my topic to formation of azad gomantak dal and initial challenges uh, this is how this uh, azad gomantak dal uh, you know took up arms fought with the colonial regime uh when 1955 satyagraha was launched uh it it came out openly to support the satyagrahis uh see uh, there are uh, many uh, you know threads of disunity uh, among the nationalists which are discussed and you find that uh, when indian military arrived here and tiranga was uh, was liberated Indian military operation Vijay on 19 December 1961. The goal of nationalist in Goa was achieved. Goa was liberated and it joined the Indian Union. हमारे अगले स्पीकर हैं श्री मुरेश्वर भालचंद्र जोशी. आपने 50 साल तक पत्रकारिता की है. आपकी रुचि विशेषकर चर्च आक्रमण पर रही है आप इस विषय पर 5000 से भी ज्यादा लेख पब्लिश कर चुके हैं आपका आज का विषय है गोमांतक शुद्धि का इतिहास और स्वातंत्र सेनानी मोहन रानडे गोव्याचा जर विचार केला तर गोव्याचा इतिहास म्हणजे खऱ्या अर्थाने जगाचा इतिहास आहे हे गोव्यातल्या लोकांना सुद्धा भाषणासाठी केलेली अतिशयोक्ती वाटेल पण एक गोष्ट लक्षात घ्या की कोलंबसला अमेरिका शोधायची नव्हती आणि वास्कोडी गावाला गोवा शोधायचा नव्हता त्याला भारत शोधायचा होता आणि तिसरी गोष्ट म्हणजे ते आक्रमण सुरू झाल्यानंतर जगावरचं पाश्चात्यांचं आक्रमण सुरू झालं पोर्तुगीजांचं ट्रेनिंग सगळं भारतात झालं जगावर कसं राज्य करायचं ते इन्क्विझिशन जगातलं पहिलं गोव्यात झालेलं आहे अनेक लोक कापले मुलाचं ख्रिश्चनीकरण करताना आई वडिलांच्या डोळ्याच्या पापण्या कापल्या त्यामुळं त्याला जो विरोध झाला त्या विरोधाचा सगळ्यात महत्वाचा भाग म्हणजे भारतात इंग्रजांनी इन्क्विझिशन केलं नाही इंग्रजांनी जगात जिथं जिथं राज्य केलं तिथं सगळ्या ठिकाणी इन्क्विझिशन केलं भारतात केलं नाही 
आता थोडं आपण गोमांतक शुद्धीच्या इतिहासाकडे येऊया गोमांतक शुद्धी हा साधारणत एकोणीसशे सत्तावीस आणि अठ्ठावीस मध्ये घडलेली घटना आहे मोहन रानडे किंवा गोव्याची शुद्धी हे विसरायचे विषय नाही इतिहासाचा पल्ला घेऊन राष्ट्रवाद उभा करणं ही गोष्ट ही मिनटा मिनटाला करायची असते एकोणीसशे पंचवीस साली मसुरकर महाराज आणि त्यांचे एक शिष्य गोकर्णाला पायी तीर्थयात्रेला गेले आणि तीर्थयात्रेला जाताना गोव्यातून गेले आणि त्यांच्या असं लक्षात आलं की गोव्यामध्ये फार मोठ्या प्रमाणावर हिंदूकरण शक्य आहे परत येतोपर्यंत त्यांनी ती योजनाच तयार केली परत आल्यानंतर त्यांनी थोडं संघटन केलं आणि गोव्यामध्ये माणसं पाठवून पहिल्यांदा रिव्ह्यू घेतला तर त्यांच्या लक्षात आलं की गावडा समाज हिंदू होतोय मग पहिल्यांदा डॉक्टर कुर्तकोटी यांची भेट झाली कुर्तकोटी म्हणाले की एवढं मोठं आक्रमण आहे की जिथं जिथं आक्रमण झालं तिथं आपण मोठे मोठे यज्ञ करूया म्हणजे त्याला शांती मिळेल मसुरकर महाराज म्हणाले की जर शांती मिळायची असेल तर ज्या पद्धतीचं आक्रमण आहे त्या पद्धतीची शांती ती लागेल ते म्हणले सगळ्यात पहिलं झेव्हियरचं आक्रमण कुठं झालंय हो सगळ्यात पहिलं ज्याला आपण इन्क्विझिशन कुठं झालंय तर तिसवडीमध्ये झालेलं आहे चिंबलला झालेलं आहे तर ते म्हणजे चिंबलला पहिलं शुद्धीकरण झालं पाहिजे म्हणून पहिले आठशे लोक चिंबलला हिंदू केले आणि नंतर वाढत 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 ते गोव्यावर गेले इन्क्विझिशनला सुरुवात झाल्यानंतर आता त्या इन्क्विझिशनला गोवेकरांनी विरोध तर केलाच पण भारतातल्या लोकांनीही विरोध केला तो इतका टोकाचा होता की ब्रिटिशांनी हाय खाल्ली ब्रिटिशांनी भारतातली लूट चालू ठेवली ख्रिश्चन मिशनऱ्यांना मदत करणं वगैरे 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 चालू ठेवलं पण तो सरकारी अजेंडा केला नाही की जो गोव्यात केला गोव्यातलं शुद्धी कार्य हे भारताच्या स्वातंत्र्य चळवळीतलं एक मोठा भाग ठरलं गोव्यातल्या शुद्धीला मदन मोहन मालवी आले होते पण गोव्यात दहा हिंदू झाले त्या घटनेनंतर मसुरकर महाराजांच्या लोकांना गोव्यात येताही आलं नाही कारण तुरुंगात टाकलं होतं तुरुंगातून त्यांना सोडवा म्हणून ज्या लोकांच्या सह्या आहेत त्यामध्ये डॉक्टर बाबासाहेब आंबेडकरांची सही आहे स्वातंत्र्यवीर सावरकर यांचे थोरले बंधू बाबा सावरकर यांचा दीर्घकाळ मुक्काम सांगलीत होता आणि त्यांनी जी तयार केलेली मुलं आहेत ती मुलं म्हणजे सुधीर फडके म्हणजे मोहन रानडे आणि ह्या मुलांनी काय केलं शिक्षक म्हणून स्वतःची फक्त तयारी केली आणि गोव्यामध्ये नोकऱ्या मागितल्या ज्यांना मिळाल्या त्यांनी दिवसभर शिक्षणाचं काम करायचं आणि संध्याकाळी गोवा मुक्ती आंदोलनाला कामाला सुरुवात केली मोहन रानडे त्यांच्यापैकी आहे त्यांना एकोणीसशे पंचावन्नच्या बेतीमच्या पोलीस स्टेशनवरच्या हल्ल्यात चौदा जणांनी हल्ला केला होता तर जखम अंगावर घेणं मोहन रानड्यांनी बेतीमवर केलेला हल्ला जोवारा लोकांनी केला त्यात मोहन रानडे जखमी झाले म्हणून ते लिस्बनला चौदा वर्ष राहिले मोहन रानडे आज गोव्यात विसरले आहेत मोहन रानडे नंतरची वीस वर्ष त्यांची सुटका झाली एकोणीसशे एकोणसत्तर साली Dinay Mardavkar is member of the Marathi Board of Studies. He has presented several research works at various national and international forums on topics ranging from Swami Vivekanand to Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj, Marathi Santa Sahitya, Christian literature in Marathi, etc. He is also a playwright and has written and directed various plays in Marathi. His topic for today is Freedom Finally.
ऑपरेशन विजय एंड बिफोर नमस्कार जय हिंद वंदे मातरम ऑपरेशन विजय वॉज अ भारतीय मिलिट्री एक्शन कैरिड आउट ऑन 18 दिसंबर 1961 अगेंस्ट पोर्चुगीज इन गोवा इट इंक्लूडेड मिलिट्री स्क्वाड फ्रॉम भारतीय आर्म फोर्स भारतीय आर्म भारतीय नेवी भारतीय एयरफोर्स भारतीय ट्रुप्स क्रॉस द गोवा बॉर्डर देवे कंटिन्यूस लैंड एयर एंड सी अटैक्स for more than 36 hours resulted in unconditional surrender of portuguese force on 19 december 1961 goa was under portuguese rule on 15 august 1947 goa was revolutionaries thought that goa would become independent along with bharat the people of goa were deeply disappointed because when bharat became independent Govarimen under Portuguese rule. There are differences in opinions among freedom fighters, historians, and researchers as why why Govar remained under Portuguese rule for 14 years when Nehru was the Prime Minister of Independent Bharat. Unlike Operation Polo, which gained control of Hyderabad after the entry of Bharatiya Sena, Govar remained. under portuguese rule until 1961 d day this code designation was used for the day of any important military operation as per the book published by the ministry of defense of government of bharat on the liberation of govan struggle 16 december was d day however it was been mentioned due to political pressure from the united states it was decided as the 18th december as a day by manohar sardesai in his book gova damandeep pradeshacha swatantra ladacha itihas the armed bharatiya sena was approaching to the attack portuguese in gova defense minister of portuguese general julio moniz codilo army minister alfonso da almeida fernandes army armed secretary of state francisco da souza gomes informed portuguese prime minister salza that sustained portuguese campaign against decolonization would be created for an army a suicide mission in which we could not succeed ignoring this advice salza sent message on 14 december to the governor general of goa manuel antonio Bissalo Isalva in which he ordered the portuguese troops in goa to fight to the last man bharatiya sena marched towards goa under leadership of following military officers the air force air vice marshal alec pinto the third command in charge of goa operation general jayantanath choudhury and the navy air marshal baskar sadashiv soman Bharatiya Army Staff Chief General PM Thapur presented a letter to the army commander on the 16th December 1961 and he ordered that they be read out before the Bharatiya Defence Force entered in the territory under Portuguese rule the letter was as follows this is my special order to all troops participating in operation vijay this order should be read out 
before entering the military battlefield points mentioned by army officer later the people of goa have brought down the colonial power people of goa are bharatiya and they have suffered for long period of time than the rest of our mother nation you are not going to goa in the land that are conquered by the foreign hands you are going to the goa as a part of the bharatiya defense force who have always served the motherland and worked for the dignity and protection of our people goa is not a part of colonial ruler it belongs to our people bharatiya army arrived in goa in three columns on morning of 18 december the 50th para brigade of bharatiya army arrived in goa its column consists of the second para maratha advance from the dodama towards the town of fonda in central goa through usga central column first para punjab moved from banstar village towards panji the western column main thrust of attack consists of second sikh light infantry as well as armed division that crossed the border and marched on the dodamad thiving betim and panjimetses bharatiya navy warships the indian navy deployed two warships on this mission one the ins rajput r class destroyer and another ins kripal another ships are mysore trishul bitwa bs kaveri delhi kuthar kiran khukri rajput vikrant karwar and dharadi on morning of 18 december portuguese warship nrp alfonso de albuquerque was attacked at the port of marmagoba 17th division commander major kp kerit the first military governor portuguese governor general vesello silva officially surrendered to brigadier ks dillon eventually the dreams of bharatiya revolutionaries and goan freedom fighters came true on 19 december 1961 bharatiya army's operation vijay was successful in panji vijay vishvatiranga pyara the bharatiya national flag was hoisted in blue sky satyesh sukhasa yoga zala gomantak bharat ek zala in such words revolutionary dharmaguru jibrukta maharaj expressed his happiness through abhanga in our presentation today it has been an attempt to cover as much as possible but uh, we ourselves realize that uh, there have been many uh, gaps in between the storyline is not very seamless and uh, perhaps we can complete this uh, a series maybe another time thanks to all of you for watching and i hope we have uh, contributed uh, significantly uh, towards your uh, knowledge about uh, goa's liberation and um, its integration with its original land of bharat <laughs>